Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. I got three gentlemen on the podcast with me today. Guys, would you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Kevin Knorr, Biblical Counselor. Sam Schmidt, Pastor Sacred City Moline. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All right, well, we are going to be endeavoring to talk about a topic that's a little bit out of our depth. It's out of our depth that none of us are experts on what we're about to talk about, but we've done some reading and we've done some research and we've dug around a little bit, been thinking about it for a little while. And so uh, we want to help you understand just what is a Christian's response supposed to be when it comes to the topic of immigration. Now, no doubt you've probably maybe had a few thoughts about this in the past, but um, most people that I encounter haven't thought too deeply about it. And one of the common misconceptions that I have heard from people is, and I've seen this a lot kind of in the media and on social media, and even quote unquote Christian organizations like World Vision and mm. ERLC and different um, lobbying organizations want to use some of Jesus's words that are spoken to individuals um, like love your neighbor or if somebody slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek, um, you know, and they want to apply it as an immigration strategy. Right. In other words, hey, Christians, we should love everybody. And so you shouldn't have any problem with people coming into your country legally or illegally. If if they're here, your job is to love them. Don't worry about it. And that's a category mistake right there. Um, Obviously, Jesus isn't speaking about politics. Jesus isn't speaking about governing authorities. He's not speaking about the civil magistrate. He's speaking to individual Christians that we are to love our neighbor. Right. Um, so that's, you can't take that principle and then extrapolate it out and try to apply it as a immigration principle. Um, so it's important that Christians learn to think biblically about all things. We talk about this, Jesus is Lord over all. And so we want to have a biblical immigration policy or a biblical mm-hmm. understanding of immigration, right? While right. seeking to love everyone that the Lord brings into our path. But the reason why we're, we're kind of, this is bubbling up to the forefront today is because, um, man, there is, without a doubt, an immigration crisis going on Mm. at the border right now. And us in Iowa, we might not really feel it. If you watch the news, maybe you see it, maybe you don't, depends on what network you watch. If you get on Twitter, you can can live stream, find all kinds of things, you can see it, and it's pretty shocking Mm. when uh, when you see it for yourself a um, group of people, 7,000 strong, making their way through Mexico um, and coming to our, our borders, planning to get entry into our country. So this is one of the most important topics that we can talk about as citizens. Because if you study civilizations, one way that civilizations crumble is just by, and I'm going to use the word invading, but um, being flooded by people from another country, another ethnicity, 
and bringing their values into. I mean, if you think of like invading, you know, you get invaded and, and I mean, in, in a really bad sense, they, they, kill, they kill everybody there and they bring their culture with them. They bring their rules with them, their way of living with them, right? Well, that, that same principle happens if you have mass migration uh, without the killing. They just bring all of their culture, all of their, all of their things with mm -hmm. them. And it's one way that cultures change. That you could have, I mean, just if we just think about it, if you had mass migration from, if, if Mexico wasn't on our southern border and it was Afghanistan, right? And you had mass migration from Af Afghanistan or Iran, think about that Islamic culture that would come with them. Mm -hmm. I think if, if, if that was the case, we would see this as an impending threat, yeah. right? And this is one of the things that started um, the Crusades. If you know anything about the Crusades, is um, the Islamic world invading Christian cultures. And, I mean, they did kill. They, they killed by the tens of thousands mm. and brought their culture with them. It was a real culture war, and that's what started the Crusades. Yeah. Now, that's not happening in the sense that, you know, we're being invaded by Islamic terrorists and we're, and we're you know, tens of thousands of people are being killed. Obviously, they've made their way in and... and with the, twin, with the two towers, and they're still attempting to make their way in in other avenues. But this crisis that's happening on the border, obviously it is, you, you've probably seen it in the news with Texas and the, the federal government not doing anything about it, not enforcing the laws that are on the book, and then these democratic and left liberal progressive cities have been... Um, Basically saying they love everybody and they're they're for they're for mankind and they're for humanity. So we're gonna be a sanctuary city. We're gonna open wide our doors. Mm -hmm. And Texas said okay. And Texas has just started shipping shipping them, uh, busing them, flying them to places like uh, Chicago, mm -hmm. places like New York City. And and now last week, uh, a high school in New York City had a, they canceled school so that they could house immigrants in their high school. Mm. And so now taxpaying citizens who obviously paid their taxes, their tax dollars are going to fund their kids' education. Mm. Their kids got sent home to, re, to do remote learning huh. so that migrants could be housed in this in the school. So, so are they shipping them because it's going to be cheaper for them to not take care of them in their state? So they're sending them somewhere else? Like Yes, not just cheaper. The bus ticket's cheaper than you yeah, actually yeah. living here and us taking care of you. But the amount of people coming across the border, the state can literally cannot handle it. Mm -hmm. There's not enough houses, period. There's yeah. not enough apartments. There's not enough places to house them. Their health care can't handle it. Like, the they, they don't have enough law enforcement. Like, there's... So think about all those things. All those things in a society are, are typically built upon a percentage of the population. You yeah. think about this. You have a small town. You have a small town fire department. You got one or two, two cops, three or four cops, something like that. You know, you got a small EMT. Everything is kind of small. It's fit for your community. Yeah. Now imagine if 5,000 immigrants came into your small town. Mm -hmm. That would 
It would be similar to what happened with COVID. Remember at COVID, the whole thing was like, we, keep, we don't want to tax our healthcare system. We don't want to put undue pressure on our tech. Mm. On our, it'd be similar to that, yeah. right? Except it's every system, mm. right? It's, it's every system in a, in a society. So lots of, lots of issues that are, that are stemming from this, but we want to get into, first off, let's just define, like, what is an immigrant? Mm. What's, an, what's an immigrant? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the dictionary definition is immigration is the action of coming to live permanently in a foreign country. And so then an immigrant would be any man, woman, or child um, choosing intentionally to go live permanently in a foreign country. Right. Ideally become a citizen, I think, is usually the, the goal. Okay, so we, we can get into some of that. So I, I, we might as well just talk about it. So many people point to, like, the the biblical requirements in the Old Testament that point to the alien or the stranger that's mm-hmm. among you in Israel, and they had certain rights. And that's, that is true. That word alien and stranger, though, typically meant temporary resident, yes. someone that was coming. And, and you see people like to point to different instances in the Bible and say, look, these people were immigrants. These people were immigrants. They weren't immigrants because they weren't moving there and staying there permanently. Mm-hmm. Right, you think of Joseph, go, you know, in right. Egypt. He's there for a while, and then he comes back. Right, like that's or that's that's the goal. Um, Abraham moves 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 out, comes back. Yeah. There's a lot of times like that. They, they, you know, he gets us is a liberal think tank that tries to use Christian principles to capture the imagination of Christians to move them towards the left and yeah. Democrat policies, and they had a. You know, during the Super Bowl and stuff, they had a he gets us campaign that Jesus was, or at Christmas time too, Jesus was an immigrant too. Jesus was not an immigrant. Yeah, he he went back to his hometown for a while. He had to go back. Then he had to flee into Egypt because Herod was trying to, Herod was trying to kill him, or his father brought him into Egypt. But then guess what? He moved back to Nazareth. He moved back to his hometown. He was not an immigrant. An immigrant is a person who moves to another nationality, right, and wants to permanently live there, wants to, we would say, change citizenship. So what do we say to the, uh, a lot of people are like, well, isn't that what, how America became America? Yeah. So, no, it's not, it's not the same, because uh, we were not, I mean, this is going to be potentially offensive, but when we got here, there was no nation. (laughs) There was no organized society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was tribalism, mm-hmm. right? And, and it was just, you know, tribes of Native Americans uh, warring with one another, and, and there was no, you know, one nation, mm-hmm. right? And so what we see in Scripture, in the Old Testament specifically, is that nations, the Psalm tells us that Jesus rules the nations, mm-hmm. right? And he determines the, the nation's borders, he lifts one up and, and causes another one to fall. Yeah. And interestingly enough, one of the judgments of God upon a nation that rebels from him is being invaded by outside another nation. Mm-hmm. Right? They're people carried off into Babylon yeah. and, and different different things. Um, and in Deuteronomy, when he, when he pronounces the curses, so the blessings we know, like if you obey God, you're going to be blessed, right? But the curses, if you disobey God, there's curses that are going to come. Part of those curses is that the foreigners among you would, would prosper and you would not. Mm. So, mm. so this is what I want us to see. God says nations are good. In order to have a nation, you have to have 
a designated area that's yours, yeah. right? So one world government, we've talked about this in the past, one world government, that's bad. Globalism, that's bad. That's what happened to the Tower of Babel yeah. and God squashed it. So God approves of, we could call it nation state distinctives, groups of people that say, this is our land, these are our leaders, these are our laws, mm -hmm. and everybody that lives in this area has to respect these laws, and the people outside our area doesn't necessarily have to respect our laws, but if they want to move and be an immigrant and come and become a citizen of our city-state or national nationality, then they have to adopt our way of living, mm -hmm. our rule of law, our standards, right, our culture, in order to come live here, mm. right? That's part of national sovereignty that the Bible condones mm -hmm. and, and the Bible the Bible speaks about, right? So for, for some, um, you think of tribe, and what's the difference between tribe and nation? Because you got in scripture talking about every tribe and tongue, right? Mm -hmm. um, so is that... Is a, is a tribe not okay and a nation is okay or? No, I mean, I think tribes can, tribes could be okay. I mean, I think you have, we've talked about this before in other podcasts, basically three options of government typically are something like tribalism, mm -hmm. um, nationalism, and globalism. Yeah. Uh, those mm -hmm. are base, you know, basically. And so tribalism is just a, a, a smaller group of people, usually mm -hmm. with a smaller amount of land. And it can, but we can, this, you'd have, we'd have to get into something that I don't want to get into on this podcast, which could be defined as colonialism or empire. The fact that a superior culture, what does a superior culture do when it, when it runs into an inferior culture? And that, you, that might be offensive to you right now, mm. that there are inferior cultures and there are su superior cultures. And what Christianity did was Christianity invaded, invaded that culture, impacted that culture, spread the gospel to that culture, wanted to win them to a superior culture, which is the culture of Christ and everything, the outworking of uh, the Christian imagination, and, uh, and, and oftentimes assimilate those people into that culture, right? But that would push out their tribalistic way of thinking. That, mm -hmm. would, that would push out their paganism, that would push out their inferior culture. And I, I, when I say inferior culture, We've talked about this in the past, but like India, when the Christians got there, um, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head now, but he gets there, and a, 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 one of the one of the guy one of the famous guys in India had just died, and they had erected this huge funeral pyre, which is a big pile of logs that they're about to set on fire, and they drag his wife in to put her on the fire, and they're going to burn her alive. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a process called sati, mm -hmm. and he steps in and he says, "What are you?" what are you doing? And they say, well, this is our culture. And he says, well, I'm from the West and our culture is to kill anybody who kills women. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow there's going to be gallows up here and anybody that lights this woman on fire, you light her on fire, then we're going to hang you from these gallows. Mm -hmm. And what he's, what are you saying there is we have a, we have a superior culture. Okay. I'll respect your culture, but you're going to respect mine. Yeah. You kill her, we kill you. Right. And mm -hmm. that's, because that was an evil practice yep. mm -hmm. of, a, of an inferior culture that needed to be, to be done away with, mm -hmm. right? And that we could go on and on and on yep. ab about different examples of that. I think that was William Carey. I'm William Carey? Sure. No, so, that's a missionary, wasn't it? That was a missionary. He was a missionary. Yeah, no, this isn't a missionary. This was, 
This was uh, a guy in the, I think, the British naval off, uh, British naval officer. I think is who this was, and um, more than likely had Sir before Sir as, as a part of his name, Sir something something. But I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so, just for for us to wrap, begin to wrap our heads around this, we had on record 1.6 million refugees enter our country legally last year. Okay, 1.6 million. That's a lot of people. That's about half the state of Iowa mm -hmm. that entered legally. But listen to this number. 3.2 million individuals attempted to illegally cross into the U.S. from October 20, 2022 to September 2023. Mm -hmm. 3.2 million tried to illegally Attempted to illegally cross, mm -hmm. right? So now we're at four, roughly 4.8 million people. That's, I mean, the whole state, of, Iowa has 3 million people in it. Think about that. I mean, think of if they all came to Iowa. <laughs> we would be a different state, yeah. right? We would, we would look, feel, act differently. Now, you might say, well, those are the people that attempted to cross illegally. What happens to the people that are, that are attempted to cross illegally? Well... We just had, um, and I forget his name, of course, off the top of my head, but he just testified before Congress that anywhere between 75 and 85% of all illegal immigrants obtained at the border are released and in back into the country. Wow. 75 to 85% are released back into our country. That means they're given a court date, they're given some kind of paper, which could literally be, could be years down the road from now because our system can't handle the amount of people coming in right now. In December alone, there was 300,000 people that crossed the border at Texas, or, or, or the southern border. Yep. 300,000 people. The whole Quad Cities, every person in the Quad Cities tried to cross the southern border in December wow. alone. It was crowded. And just think about, you're trying, you're trying to provide education, you're trying to govern your state, you're trying to have enough police officers, firefighters, all the stuff you're trying to do, and your population is growing by 300,000 a month. Wow. Insane, right? Yes, wow. So this is why uh, there's so much battle yeah. going on right now in our, in our country. And the majority of these people that are coming across are single adult men. The majority of them are single adult males um, crossing at Mexico. And it said, the statistics I read, 40% over 41% of them are coming for jobs. Mm -hmm. They're coming to work so they can send money back home or bring yeah, their family they're, in? they're coming for jobs, which, mm. which most of us are like, oh, cool, that, that's fine. But it's not freeing, fleeing persecution. Mm -hmm. It's not religious persecution. They're, they're, they think they're going to die. No, it's, they, they've heard about the American dream. And they say, hey, I could make more money for my family in Mexico. It's not necessarily that they're in abject poverty and they can't feed their family and they can't provide for their family. It's just they see more opportunity in the United States and, and, they, and they come here. Like there's reasons why, you know, like think about the Jews trying to flee uh, the Holocaust, right, in, in Germany. Like they're about to be exterminated. Yeah, we want to make special... Uh, availability for them to get over here to, to free being killed. What's going on in Nigeria and different places in Africa right now where 
the Muslims are literally killing thousands of Christians right now. Yeah, we want it, that. It would be make sense to say, okay, let's let's get these people over here. Let's get them out of here. That's not the situations that we're talking about. Mm. We're just talking about people wanting a better life. Mm. And I, I I get we all relate to that. We all understand that desire. But there is, is that the emotional piece that a lot of people are tugging on to agree with this. Oh yeah, don't you want them to have a better life? Mm. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I think that's it. And and, and I think yeah, we do. We do. And we're not saying immigration is bad or immigration is wrong. We want to have, and Christians believe in having, an immigration policy that's been voted on, agreed upon by its people, and then it's enforced mm -hmm. by the civil magistrate. Yeah. Right? Um, Kevin wrote down this statistic. December 19th, it was reported that 12,600 immigrants attempted to cross the southern border within a 24-hour span of time. 12,000. 600. Can you imagine, like, what would it take to, to stop those people, right? What would it take to, to stop those people? Right. And when Trump wanted to build a wall, everybody freaked out. Everybody said it was racist. And, and now we have an immigration crisis on our hand. Mm -hmm. It's been estimated that there's roughly 12 million illegal immigrants living in the United States right now. And we need to learn to, to think about this, right? We, we need to learn, learn to think Christianly about this. Now, here's, here's a, an illustration. Actually, Kevin, I'm just going to have you read this, this uh, little story that Pastor Wilson put down. I think it's yeah. a good story. I was going to summarize it, but I think you can go ahead and read yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Good. So this was in a blog post on immigration. He says, suppose you had a family that was taking care of three foster children, and suppose further that this couple was really gifted in how they would care for the children entrusted to them, so they were good at it. Now suppose further that the town council where they live decided to follow the progressive logic out to the utter frozen limit, and so one day some social workers show up with 28 additional foster children and forcibly installed them. Suppose also that about five more latchkey kids from the neighborhood decided to join the party, coming in as volunteer squatters. The father protested all of this vigorously, and a small controversy ensued. In the midst of that controversy, let us suppose that Russell Moore wrote an editorial in the New York Times about how evangelical parents really needed to learn how to stop despising foster children. Evangelicals who despise foster children are not walking as Christ would have us walk, and so on. The father replied to this, but almost no one was listening to him by this point. He said that when the controversy first began, he was actually loving three foster children. Now he was dealing with 36 and was not really able to love anyone. He added that it was not foster children he despised, rather it was chaos he despised. In short, Moore's rhetoric simply poisons the well, assuming that disagreement over unrestricted immigration must be bad faith disagreement. So, this is a common play mm -hmm. that liberals are using, progressives are using against Christians. They're using our own values, and then they're flipping them on their head. And the, the, the word there is poisoning the well, mm -hmm. right? Don't you love immigrants? Don't you love people? Don't you love the least of these? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. But so in his analogy, I'm already adopting three children, or I've already got three foster kids. I can take care of three. If you give me another 30, guess what? I can't love any of them, yeah. right? And that's, that's, that's the analogy here that 
we, ha we want to have an immigration policy, and we need to have an immigration policy, but we cannot let more people in the country than our systems can support, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about economics, right? You can't consume more than you produce. And so if our systems are set up to produce certain services, you use police and fire and ambulance as an example, we only have so much bandwidth to use that, right? Yeah. And for immigrants, it's going to be even more. So they're going to come in. Immediately, they're going to need housing, mm -hmm. right? They're going to, have, they're going to need health care mm -hmm. and Medicare and Medicaid and di different things that are going to already tax our system. Yeah. And here's the deal. Is it loving your neighbor if you allow some, you know, 12,000 people to cross the border in one day that could potentially destroy the system mm. that for your neighbor, right? Like if your neighbor goes to the hospital who's paying his taxes and he's, he's paid for these services, he's got his health care, he's got his stuff, and he can't get in because there are illegal immigrants in, in, the, in the waiting room or yep. whatever, right? Yep. Like the, that's the, that is the reality. Now, because the country is so big, it's not like a space thing. Obviously, there's, we have plenty of space. We have plenty of room for growth. It, it is a systems, it's a systems mm -hmm. issue. And on top of that, obviously, there are the threats from Mexican cartels, mm -hmm. uh, the gangs down there, is it mm -hmm. MS-13, the, the mm -hmm. gangs that can come in there, and then Islamic terrorists that can drop into Mexico and then slip over the border, Chinese we, there's already caught, they've already caught Chinese spies sneaking people over there and sneaking into the southern border. And so it, it is actually a threat to our national sovereignty. It's actually a threat to national security to have a border that is not secured. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll take you maybe one step farther. Um, a lot of times in, in illegal immigration, they're paying somebody, I think I saw three to five thousand dollars to get their feet on u.s soil right coyote right, right a coyote and so what do we call that objectively whatever way you look at it that is that's human trafficking mm -hmm. yeah right and so it was estimated oh, what was it something like 28 million dollars that cartels would make off of human trafficking and that's a combination of trying to smuggle people across the border and if you have twelve thousand six hundred people in 24 hours you don't have the checks in place to know for sure that some of those could be people being sold for sexual slavery. Yeah. hundred percent. Could yeah. be kids, could be women being sold into sexual slavery. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And with, even if, if even if a, a man and a woman arrive at the border without any documentation and they have three kids, mm -hmm. our natural impulse is, Oh, it's a family. Put yeah. them. Oh, well, you don't know if that's a family, right? The cartel, are smart. They yeah. put those children with that man and with that woman, and they could be getting across the border and immediately being sold into sexual slavery. Yeah. So having a secure border is a love issue. Mm -hmm. We want to love the people that God's commanded us to love, and you have to have a secure border to do that, mm -hmm. right? We, want, we have to know who has rights in this country, who has, who's paying for what, in this country, these are just nat natural things. Now, listen, when Paul tells us in Romans 13, 
that God has given the government or the civil magistrate the sword mm -hmm. in order to promote the good and to punish evildoers, yeah. right? That's what God has given the, the, the government to do. And so the way that works in our society is we vote on our leaders wherever our leaders go, whether it's the president or whether it's the House of Representatives, the Senate, legislation, they, they're going to write re legislation. We've got our state senators and all the state representatives. They're meant to enact, right, write legislation mm -hmm. and enact legislation. And then the Justice Department is meant to enforce yeah. that legislation. Okay? That's what we're paying them to do. Mm -hmm. What we have right now is a broken system that has... Um, rules on the books mm -hmm. that are not being enforced. Right. The federal government is refusing to enforce the rules that we have on the have on the books. So right? that kind of goes into like a question um, some may have is what is what's the motive of them not enforcing it? Well, I think that's a great question, and I would encourage people to. Uh, maybe do some research on their own. Why is the federal government not enforcing the, the immigration policies that we have on the book? Mm. Why does the federal government want to grant amnesty to 12 million illegal immigrants who are currently living in our country and they refuse to secure the border? Why would our government want to do that? Mm. Now, I think of a couple different reasons. Number one... The United States birth rate has, I think, for one of the first times in history, mm. dropped below um, re replacement value. Mm. And so think of, if you think about it, um, just to break even, every single person in our country needs to get married and have at least two kids. Every single person in our country has to get married and have at least two kids, just to, just to break even, right? We're, 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 we're below that. And now why is that a problem? Because our whole economic system is built on the principle that the young pay taxes and invest into our economy in such a way through Social Security, paying their Social Security and such things, that they're paying for the older generation to retire and get Social Security and get those benefits, right? And just think about it. If you, if you have more old people retiring, then you have young people replacing them mm -hmm. in the workforce, what happens? They can't, they can't live. They can't live. Social Security fails. Yeah. The, the system fails, right? You have to have enough people on the bottom funding what's happening on the, on the, on the top yeah. or on the back end of things, right? And so I think hmm. because our government doesn't want to see major or can't, produce major, major social security reform, and they don't want to have m many social security changes. This is one of the reasons that you notice that the age of retirement gets, keeps getting bumped back a little bit, a year by year, a little bit farther and farther and farther. Why? Because we don't have enough people in the workforce, young people in the workforce, paying for the benefits of those who've already paid their dues. Those people that have paid their dues, that are, that are retiring, well, they paid their dues, but their dues went to the generation before them. Right. Right. So this generation. So one reason they don't want to deal with this is because 
these illegals that are coming in and immigrants that are coming in, many of them get a, get a job. And if they're illegal, they're probably not paying taxes on their checks, but they are at least paying sales tax and different, and different things like that. And they boost, they, they provide a boost to the economy. Not only that, they're going to be renting a house somewhere. If they're working under the table, they're going to be renting a house somewhere. It's just good for the economy, right? right? It's more people in the workforce, more people spending money, and it's, it's good for the economy. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to get into, this is, this is something else. And it's called the Great Replacement Theory. And if you Google this, like I did, um, you're going to find out that Wikipedia says that it is a, 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 a white conspiracy theorist, a white, white, uh, white right-wing conspiracy theory, uh, which is... Odd. It was coined by a guy named Camus in, in, in France. So he was, um, I think it was after the French Revolution. And his idea, his, his whole thesis was, if you have open borders, for those in France, um, Muslims will come in and they'll take over our society hmm. because their culture is one of conquest. If they're true to... The, if they're true to the Quran, if they're true to the, the teachings of Muhammad, they've always been violent. They've always done atrocious things in the name of Allah, rape and sodomy and pedophilia all through the, the um, um, conquests and um, what, 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 what am I looking for here? Crusades. 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 Thank you, Sam, for that. All through the Crusades, they did these horrible, th horrible different things. Mm that they're going to bring that culture, Sharia law culture, into France, and we're going to be replaced. So the French people are going to be replaced. Mm -hmm. that, that was their idea. And then many people in our society are just, are just pointing at the facts, and it's just, it's just clear. Here, here's the idea. Muslims have a lot of children. Upper middle class white people right now aren't having very many children. <clears throat> if you get a lot of Muslims that are immigrating into your country and they're having more children than the, the, the culture that lives there, what's going to happen? It's going to get taken over. It's going to get taken over, right? And, and we're seeing this in France. We're seeing this. It's, this is played out in France. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not this guy's theory. Like this has actually happened in history, where there's been replacements, where cities have been swept away. That the culture was once there, then it gets infiltrated, and then it's gone. So th there's actual examples of where this has happened. Yes, there's neighborhood and cities in within France that are ruled by Sharia law right now. They have Sharia law on the books in in there because it's and and France is kind of well. That's your people. You can do what you want in your people. Well, that's the whole point. And they're just going to keep spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading. And, and taking, you know, eventually going to, I mean, that's why if you turn on, if you go to Twitter, I don't think they're showing this on the news and you're looking at these, uh, Palestinian, um, uh, whatever you call them, what do you call these things? Uh, riots that are happening in the street, free Palestine and, and, you know, basically supporting Hamas. That's what's going. They're all over the. It's all over the Western world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's happening in Britain. It's happening in France. It's happening in the United States of America at our own White House, right? Why we have allowed these people to come into our country, and they do not want to assimilate. Mm -hmm. 
it's one thing to allow somebody to come into our country and they're going to accept our values, they're going to accept our laws, they're going to accept our culture, and they want to assimilate into it. But when a person wants to bring their culture in with them, that's a, that's a major problem, mm-hmm. right? That's a major problem. So, so the idea of this great replacement theory is, is that there's people that just want, they don't want us to be Christian. They don't want us, they want to change our country. And one of the easiest ways to change our country is by replacing us with people from other nationalities, yeah. right? To create a, and, and here's the deal. What happened in Mexico, if you bring all those people over from Mexico to here, what's going to happen here? What's happening in Afghanistan, if you bring all those people from Afghanistan, you bring them into here, what's going to happen here, mm. right? There's a reason why Afghanistan is in Afghanistan and Mexico is Mexico. And you could go on down the list, yeah. right? cultures are come out of a, a certain religious understanding and from that religious understanding you put laws on the books mm-hmm. right and those systems are meant to breed certain outcomes right. and yes we have a lot of freedom and we have a, a fairly just legal system in our society and that's all coming down from our christian heritage but the reality is our governing officials right now for whatever reason are refusing to enforce the laws that are on the books and f- refusing to deal with an, a border that is so open, it can seep in almost 13,000 people in one day in December. Yeah. So, yes, I think the reason Joe Biden isn't doing anything about the border is because he wants these people to come in. And I... I'm not going to read his motives. I don't know his motives. I don't know his heart, but he, he doesn't want to stop it. Mm-hmm. And so now we have guys like Governor Abbott who have basically said the government is refusing to enforce these laws. So now the state, our state is going to enforce these laws. So we're going to begin arresting these uh, illegal immigrants and enforcing the law and sending the ones back that we can send back. And what did, the gov- what did Joe Biden do? Joe Biden sued Governor Abbott. He has sued him for enforcing the, the, the laws that are already on the federal books and the state books. Mm. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So, wanting... Listen, the government has been given the sword. Their main purpose is justice. That's their main purpose. Justice. As Christians, we want to live with mercy, mm. like, right? If I find an illegal alien next to me, if he moves in my next door, I'm going to develop a relationship with him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to care for him. And, you know, I'm going to encourage him to pursue citizenship the correct way, mm-hmm. right? So this isn't, we're not saying, we're, we're not saying, oh, every immigrant is bad and every, we're not, we're not saying any of that. Mm-hmm. We're just saying, we're being lied to about this whole situation and Christians need to open their eyes to it. I'm not, I mean, listen, our eyes are open to like the woke LGBTQ plus all the chaos that's going on within our own gates. That that's a major problem. I genuinely think in the bigger, in the grander scheme of things, immigration is a bigger problem than that. Well, it's almost like the, the wokeism stuff creates a, a fertile ground for this other stuff to go on. You're, you're playing on the emotions of people, um, you know, using Christian values to manipulate. Well, this is what if you if you really love your neighbor, this is what you should want, 
And it just sort of creates this place where it's okay. It, it makes it easier for this Im- illegal immigration stuff to happen and, and there no being, not being any consequences. Mm. Yep. <clears throat> any other thoughts, guys? Any other questions? I know we haven't gotten in, you know, this is kind of just a overview of, of the issue. But it's important that we, we think like Christians and we begin to think clearly about these things and we hold our elected officials responsible that they're going to that they actually do their job yeah mm-hmm. okay well maybe that's it so if you guys have any questions on that you can email me pastor or i'm sorry justin dean at sacredcitychurch.com or sam at sam at sacredcitychurch.com we love you guys we're praying for you god bless mm-hmm.